Ladies, gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary, welcome to Trope Trophies with your host, Yari and Stephanie. In this podcast, Johnny and I will be exploring tropes and we'll be pinning two characters or stories against each other. We've got a brief summary of the tropes, then we do three rounds to prove to you, the listener, that our character should be the winner. Super important to mention, this podcast is filled with spoilers. So if you're interested in any of the characters or stories mentioned in this podcast, pause the episode and watch Gone Girl or My Hero Academia. Now, without further ado, this week, the trope we're exploring is... Crazy woman trope. Whoop, whoop. It's not the best way to describe women, but this is a trope. And I think this is a trope that we both agree on that is just not good. We got the crazy woman, but maybe there's another trope about men. It's like the maniac man. Is there a serial killer trope? I don't think that's a trope. I think that's just a story device. But there has to be one about a man falling into like madness, right? Because that's kind of what usually ends up happening in some. Oh, yeah. They're usually like war victims. Yeah. Well, that sounds like PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. We divide our show into three rounds. Round one, we introduce the characters. Jaddy, do you want to go first? Yes. The person I picked for my crazy woman trope is Amy Downer from Gone Girl. You guys may have known. The book by Gillian Flynn, and then the 2014 movie directed by David Fincher. Amy is still widely spoken about because we really just don't know if we are for her or against her. And just give a little background of Amy Dune. She grew up with her parents in New York City, and her parents basically wrote this whole famous children's literature series about her life. It called Amazing Amy, but she always felt short to Amazing Amy because every time Amy did something and decided to try something different, her parents just wrote that Amazing Amy became like a prodigy or so good at it and winning, just doing way better than her in her life. And she's a writer. She met her husband, Nick Dune, played by Ben Affleck, at a party so they get married and that's like the one thing like she's caught up with amazing amy about and so marriage is hard work and she knows this and her husband got pretty lazy and started cheating on her and then made her move out of new york city to live in missouri where he became a teacher and she just kind of floated in the background and he didn't really pay attention to her and then the recession happened and then she had to give a lot of her trust funds to her family, which caused it to set back. But once they moved to Missouri, she bought him a bar and shit. And once she found out, the only reason why you even look at me is to have sex with me, a switch just flipped in her mind. And she devised this whole plan to charge her husband with murder. (laughs) She does a lot. She writes in a diary, creates this whole fake story about how abusive Nick Dunn was, even though I mean, we can't really tell, but we only know things from really her perspective. But she maxes out all his credit cards to make it seem like he's going to be like on a getaway or whatever. And then she stages her murder, literally takes blood out from her arm and wipes it around the floor and then cleans it and purposely throws specks of blood everywhere. And she's like, I clean it like he would. Sloppy. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But yeah, Amy Dunn just takes a serious situation that a lot of women may be in. Your husband's cheating on you. He's not who you wanted to be. You know, a lot of people just filed for divorce. Not good old Amy. That's my character, Amy Dunn. Perfect. It's now my turn. My character's name is Tagura Himeko. 
from My Hero Academia. So this is a very popular anime that's ongoing. I will be focusing mainly on the anime because that is what I have been watching, but I will probably mention some parts of the manga just because. So Himeko is a six-year-old Japanese student in the world, My Hero Some people, most, are born with quirks, which is the equivalent of superpowers. So everyone's quirk is unique and different. Some are random. Some can be genetics. So Himika's quirk is a blood quirk, which allows her to take the image of the person that she digests the blood from. So because of her hormonal um, balances off, She feels as though she's an imposter when she is trying to live the life that people expect her to. She is rather cruel, but then has the ability to like show kindness to those that she favors and has interest with. What makes her crazy is her obsession with the main character, Midoriya. Azuku is like the main protagonist of the story, but because he's so earnest and really wants to be a good superhero and be a hero to all, she is enamored by him and makes it like her mission to cut him and see his dying face. I just view her as like a fun character. Her shenanigans and her just demeanor is just so interesting to watch. She just steals the (laughs) the whole camera. You just like have to focus on her. Even if she is taking someone else's body, you're just kind of like, oh... Okay, she's crazy, crazy. And she's like, I know I'm crazy, but I don't care. And she just takes ownership of it. And I I live for that. Live for that chaotic, evil energy. Okay. Midori, she put someone to play with. (laughs) (laughs) She becomes obsessed with wanting to see someone's dying face. Would you consider that she's in love with her interests? She claims it's love, yeah. But I would not her, say it's love. And, and that's her way. <laughs> Only love. You know, unless, you know, you are consensual adults and blood kink is one of your things, then I will not judge. But if it's not, no. <laughs> Back no. away. Oh my gosh. She's crazy. But I guess we're time for round two. I'm going to talk about Amy Doom in the lens of the trope. And I think she kind of takes more of the crazy, like, cool girl trope where she's like this beautiful woman and she has a lot of issues going on behind that pretty face and no one really takes seriously. But when she cracks, she cracks. She ain't going to be the same. And I ain't even going to be mad because she warns Nick. She's just like, it's the recession when they're like marriage was having some problems in their second or third year. They both lost their jobs. They were both writers. And he's like literally chilling in like the couch playing video games. And she's just like, this place is a mess. And the point that I even have to tell you these things is that you're making me someone who I don't want to be. And I was like, oh, girl, that's a threat, Nick. But he didn't catch it at the time. On their five-year marriage anniversary, she does this treasure haunt, leaving clues to, of course, the police that he would possibly be the main suspect of her demise. She comes up with like this very unnatural reaction to an ordinary situation. And I feel like that's what really makes her crazy. And she literally takes on the story as a victim. And I think she plays on like what people believe that women are are victims and stories of. She plays 
the abused wife that leaves her husband when she's like run away and eventually trying to kill herself to prove Nick Dune is a terrible person and he killed her because he took everything from her. Her money, I mean, she invested in buying him a bar with the last money they had and him just not being the husband that she thought she wanted him to be. She was like, this is hard work. I'm pretending to be this cool girl for you because this is what you wanted. And she goes through this whole famous monologue about it. And I just feel like, yeah, she plays emotional abuse victim. She plays the rape victim when she blames her ex-boyfriend from high school who stalked her for kidnapping her and trying to make him her sex slave prisoner. And she just uses this as a plot to get close to just go back home. Just after she sees like Nick apologize and own up to him being a shitty husband in front of everybody, she's just like, wow. That's the Nick I want. And if I don't get that Nick, then I'm going to cause havoc again. The person you don't want to see. So Nick is stuck in a loveless marriage with Amy because you can't not be with the woman that got kidnapped and almost got killed and is pregnant with your baby. She trapped him. Some people see that as anti-feminist because it's like, oh, women trapping men into loveless marriages because of children. But I think she still got what she wanted. And Nick played himself. She was never anyone. She just plays the roles that people see as women, whether she is a rape victim, emotionally abused victim. That's just what she's going to do. She doesn't really have anything to her core. So that's why I feel like on the lens of the trope, she different. And I just stuck with Amy. Situation is crazy, but we all think of it like, damn, if I was to go that far... Do you really think about that? If I you know, was, your boyfriend says something, it's just like, mm, let me be an Amy for like 10 seconds. Yeah, let you know, me. The fantasy, the fantasy, let the <laughs> fantasy live. Like, yo, he really tried me. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Like, you keep playing with me. You want to watch what happened in Gone Girl? Like, what happened in Gone Girl? Don't yeah, worry like, about let's it. Let's watch this movie together. <laughs> like, yeah. You peep that? All right. Keep people on their toes. Kind of like the fatal attraction, but it's not the same because Amy Dunn wins. What about Midori? So, in regards to Himeko, what makes her such an interesting, crazy girl is that she owns that shit. She owns it. She knows she's going against society norms. She knows in her heart that what murdering people is probably should not be a-okay, but she just wants to do it, man. Like, she just, just wants to do it. Okay, so... in Japan, there's this phrase called Genki girl, which is basically a friendly, energetic woman. She gives off the impression of a very happy-go-lucky character until she reveals her sadistic tendencies of cutting people up to just chase their blood. Sometimes she only really needs a drop of someone's blood to take their form, but she likes to keep a good portion of it just in case she wants to like take their form again in the future. Or she likes to let them bleed out because killing's fun. A question. So yes, she takes the form as the person as long as their blood is in her body. Yes, that's correct. Her idea of friendship is that you want to become that person. So she will murder the person and be like, that was my friend. She only does that for people who she deems as normal or her or heroic if they're also a villain then she treats them in like a compassionate matter and always giving people prep talk she has done that for twice which is another um super villain who i'm not gonna go into too much detail with because in this podcast would be far too long there is a theory like i've mentioned earlier that her distorted personality comes from her quirk being blood related 
So there just could be a normal inclination within her to do these behaviors. But like all this to say is that with the right cocktail mix of hormones and medication, she could be a well-adjusted member of society. It's just, would she? The answer is hell no. I'm thinking um, I wouldn't want to see her or meet her. So that's a hard (laughs) no for me. That's a hard no. So now we are at round three. So we're going to just talk about where like the good and bad things about our characters. And I'll start with Amy. I think Amy just wants to break away from the ideas that of like feminine identity. And she just wants to escape her like parents' expectations of her and Nick's projections of like what he thinks is the perfect girl and just of herself. So she seeks to have like a flexible identity and she just takes a favor of doing whatever role she feels like she wants to be that day. I think what's interesting about her is that she's always just been an overachiever with everything she's ever done. And her work ethic, she wants the same from her partner. Like she's like, I'm trying so hard and putting all this effort into being this woman that you want me to be and you're doing nothing to be the man I agreed to marry. Her famous quote is, she's a cool girl. Being the cool girl means I'm a hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, burping, who plays video games, drink cheap beer, loves threesomes, anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two. Because cool girl above all is hot. Cool girl will never get angry. They only smile in a charging, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Go ahead, shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. I feel like that's something interesting about Amy. And I think that's good that she does understand that she has in society, all females always kind of feel like we have to play this role. And I feel like now people are breaking out of it and trying to find a new identity. So I feel like she really opened the eyes to a lot of people. There's so many analyses about Amy Dunn. Is she the good girl or is she the bad person in the story? How would we view her and her situation, how she thinks of things and kind of encompasses female rage where we don't really explode on the spot. We just internalize our anger, our anger, and then it comes out in the most terrible ways possible. And her way is just like devising this whole plan on how to have her husband sentenced to the electric chair, knowing Missouri has the rule of they do capital punishment. They performed a death penalty and she was really willing to kill herself just so everyone can see Nick for the way she saw him. I can't be mad about that. You can't be mad about that? It's terrible, but in a (laughs) fantasy world, it's motivating. It's inspiring, but not in real life. Like, I love that it's it's a story, but it's scary that I just like to be in that situation. Depending on the situation that we endure in life, do not be surprised if you hear some announcement <laughs> according to this podcast. I think Togara Himiko is a very good lens of the crazy girl trope in the sense that she is not crazy due to circumstances of abuse or even the perception of man. She is crazy because her view of societal norms is counterintuitive of society. And that's what makes her crazy. Because she just says, 
oh, I'm supposed to be like kind and not care and and be this great girl all the time. Nah, fuck it. I'm gonna go murder every guy who tries to hit on me. Oh, you're an old man that shouldn't be looking at me. Murdered. Who told you to do that? Not I, said the cat. Would you say most of her victims are men? Yes. Anyone who's attracted to her. I would say she has a fair amount of both men and women, but it's usually leaning towards men. I mean, this is like a shonen anime, so I would not. It's not that surprising. What I'm just trying to get across is she herself is aware that she is perceived as crazy and she takes ownership of it. She doesn't care. And I find that very, very compelling. This is like, who can really own? Who can be judged if they know their worst sins? I mean, yeah, it's just like I'm terrible, but I'm happy to be terrible. Exactly. So, yeah. That's the conclusion of our round. So now we have our afterthought. I should go first. So for Amy, I think her character is, I mean, you said it before that she's like women's rage. Like I was also kind of sort of reminded of Medea. Oh, yes. The Greek. Yeah. Jody read it in high school and she wouldn't stop talking about it, like how crazy it was. I never read it, but like from the gist of what I understand, Medea goes above and beyond to like make her husband's life miserable that she even like kills her own children just to get back at him listen he never married her and was really gonna go marry a younger lady and she was like i have two of your kids he's like yeah but i can't marry you Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh side chick gone mad all right she has every right that story reminded me of Gone Girl in the sense where it's just like I've done so much for you and then you decide that you're going to start a new life even though I've sacrificed for you I think that's why her character is interesting because it's like this is justice taken into one's own hands I just believe that she took a lot of victims along with her because she does kill her ex-boyfriend just to get back with her husband as you we all can tell she has no remorse for her actions so that's the concerning part but i mean that's why she's crazy (laughs) (laughs) which is part of the reason she's crazy just part of the reason that was the biggest no-no i was like damn (laughs) we went here but yeah you can't have no witnesses Mm -mm. kill that witness would she be an example i would use my own day-to-day no for the record, if I happen to be in some strange circumstance, I want the courts to use this podcast to be like, Stephanie said she was not inspired by Gone Girl. <laughs> I just I want that to be known. Listen, I said as an inspiration, <laughs> but not like someone I would. That's all I'm saying. Do I all know I'm the saying. correct? I'm about to look up the word inspiration. Let's get, like, <laughs> inspired. <laughs> inspiration definition. Go find it. Google it. I'm Googling it. Google Okay. It's the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative or a sudden, brilliant, creative or timely idea. A creative murder. I wouldn't like, say no. <laughs> I'm inspired by her to go to her limits, but I'm inspired by the amount of work that she put into ruining process, someone's process. life. Possibly, yeah, destroying the life of a man she once loved, maybe. (laughs) We don't know. We don't really know who Will Amy is. So I guess she's just up to the point where it's just like, this is the test I have to pass. Like, I've achieved everything I ever wanted in life. And I'm going to keep this marriage alive, whether you like it or not. 
And he's just like mad shook in the end. He can't even sleep in the same bed as her. She's like, I'll never hurt you. And he's just like, I know what you did. I know what you <laughs> did me. You tried me. But I think what I love about Hidori is that she's just forever going to be who she is. And it's just like no cap, no filter. Like, this is it. This is me. Facts. I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Listeners, if you have any tropes or characters you'd like us to battle, DM us on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. For notifications on our latest episode, subscribe to our show. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on our socials, you can follow Jody at Jodiari. That is J-A-R-I-A-R-I at Instagram. And me, Stephanie, you can follow me on IG, Tumblr, Byte, and TikTok under the name at The Bewitching Bard. And I'll see you next time. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mm